the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. I don't know what the hell you would hire Kevin Stefanski for. I'm sorry. I don't know. Back to pass. Look, going towards the end zone. And it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! For the first time in 18 years, the Cleveland Browns are going to the playoffs. Hey, cuties. Welcome back to another episode of Nothing Rhymes with Orange. It's your boys, Corey and Riley. We are uh, making our way downtown to uh, episode 17, I believe. Um, and uh, it's going to be a big one because we got a preseason reaction. Um, we got some injury news. Uh, we're going to talk about the NFL's top 100. And we're going to preview the Giants preseason game coming up this Sunday. Um, tell you what to look for, what we're going to be looking for. And uh, it's just going to be a great episode because it's always great when uh, me and Corey get together. Always. Always. We've been doing it for a decade now almost. So, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, We've been fucking around for a decade. That's <laughs> that's a that's a putting it in a very broad term yes we've been fucking around doing some doing some cool shit doing some weird shit you know it's just that's what all that's what all friendships are based on a little bit of weird a little bit of cool yeah yeah absolutely no we haven't had yet is our first major tragedy so not our first major what tragedy that's true you know how you just usually go through something with like one of your friends like we haven't had that yet have you thought about that no, but we don't, like, really have a lot of mutual friends. So, like, one of our mutual friends dying would be, like, a thing. But, like, you know, that's, like, the only thing that I could think that would be. Um, I guess. I mean, can't, isn't, like, uh... You getting stuck in a tree. Was, or, like, was a testicular tragedy. cancer or something like that. Isn't that, like, pretty high in men? Well, or, that's uh, fair. That's fair. You know, something... I mean, it's coming, right? It's, it's coming. Like, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen to some degree. So, I don't want to be, like, you know morbid over here or anything but <laughs> i think everybody listening to this is like yeah you know what he's actually right you know you usually do go through some some kind of dark time with your friend and we just haven't had it and now that i'm thinking about it i'm starting to get a little scared you know what man let's just knock on wood hope for great health great health um you know hopefully we're uh, less susceptible to covid than lamar jackson that would be big <laughs> for us i mean yeah i mean you've already got it once but that's true you're already halfway me and, there me, yeah <laughs> yeah me and lamar jackson are just gonna keep track like it's a game like all right well you're up my turn that means i'm next there it is all right well all right anyways enough about us let's talk about the browns let's talk about the utter domination we saw on saturday night oh it's good to have football back i feel like we've said that for like the past four episodes but we had live browns football it was, it was really great before. considering I got rained out of the scrimmage that I went up there for the week before. So it was good. I actually got to see the game this time around. So, you know, doing big yes. things. Yeah. So um, it was, it was good to see our, we didn't really see any ones other than, you know, Andrew Billings, potentially, if you consider him a one, he's a one on the depth chart anyways. Um, but didn't see any once, saw a lot of the two, saw a lot of the threes, and mm-hmm. it was pretty encouraging to see those guys kind of go out there and kick some Jacksonville ass, you know? Yeah, send them right back to the swamp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, it was good to see some of the ones. You're right, we only saw Andrew Billings, which that was his first time playing football in nearly two years, so I think that was probably why he was out there. Um, he didn't particularly look great, 
he looked like he hadn't played football in two years. So I'm hoping, you know, he has a rebound game this week, but uh, yeah, it was good to see some live action football, especially from guys that were like, Oh, they've been having good camps, but let me see it live. And then they did it live. So yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah. And uh, a couple of guys uh, playing with the twos and the threes were a lot of, well, pretty much all of our rookies got saw some action um, except for uh, Anthony Schwartz, who uh, was still sidelined with that injury. I think they're just keeping him out as a cautionary thing because I think he was back at practice this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, what'd you kind of think of uh, some of the rookies? You know, uh, Dimitri Felton um, was a part of the game plan, I'd say, in a big way. Um, <laughs> you know, people like Richard LeCount out there almost making two interceptions. He had one. Like, uh, I guess what of this rookie class, who, who really stuck out to you um, on uh, on Saturday night? Yeah, so you mentioned the two big ones. So uh Dimitri Felton balled out I thought it was particularly interesting that he played all of his snaps at wide receiver and didn't take a single snap at running back um I don't know if that's an indication of where his roster spot is going to come from um underneath the receiver uh, or if they'll still kind of bury him as a running back for a roster spot um but maybe it comes down to the fact that he's not even in a roster spot battle with Dearness Johnson maybe he's in a roster spot battle with Kaderil Hodge um maybe both It'll be interesting to see this week. Is, it, is he going to play running back or is he going to play wide receiver? Uh, but he looked like a natural slot receiver, ran some pretty sudden routes. He gets in and out of his breaks very, very efficiently uh, and showed some really sticky hands. Um, so I think Felton at this point seems pretty locked in on a roster spot one way or the other. I don't know what position they're going to call it, but uh, I don't think he's going to clear waivers. And I think the Browns understand that he's not going to clear waivers. So uh, I think he's pretty much locked in. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to say, if I was going to take, you know, one thing from that game, it was that Demetri Felton's going to make the team. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. Like you said, I don't know what position, but they clearly, you know, I mean, they have to build a game plan around people who are actually going to be playing. And mm-hmm. obviously he was going to play cause he's a second, third stringer. But uh, you know, when you build a, when he has that many looks and that many plays for him, like, I mean, come on, like you think that they're just doing that for somebody that they think is going to get cut in two weeks. Like, right. And, and, you know, he did well. I mean, he should have had a touchdown catch. Um, mm-hmm. um, he was just making plays, man. He looked faster than everybody else out there. Like it was, it was really cool. Cause yeah, I know, I think, uh, I think we were starting actually, I guess an overall thing I kind of took from it was like, I don't know if there are going to be any rookies who don't make this team just by the way that, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but I mean, everybody, you know, Tokyo is okay. Um, but everybody else. And I feel like we're kind of burying the lead on a uh, JOK. Cause that dude was flying around making oh, some plays. Jesus. Yes. I mean, immediately I went from thinking, Oh, this guy's, I don't know if he's going to have a role his rookie year. How are they going to put him on the field? I don't know if he can be a two down linebacker. Like, I don't, I don't, I, maybe he's just a passing down guy early on to thinking, I think this guy can start at will week one <laughs> within one game. Uh, that's all it took. So what JOK was doing was incredible. I think I still saw a little bit of issues stacking and shedding, um, which you need to be able to do as a linebacker, um, basically being able to, to get off blocks. Uh, there was like a couple screen plays that Jacksonville ran where I felt like he kind of got latched by a tight end and couldn't get free. But as a will, most of the time he's going to be kept clear. You would hope if your defensive line is doing his job 
or he's going to be in coverage or in space. So if he's in coverage or he's in space, then look out because that dude's coming downhill fast. Um, we saw it quite a bit uh, against Jacksonville. Um, and then that fourth quarter screen blow up was just JOK doing JOK things. Like that's what you saw from college and you saw it, his literal first NFL game with the Browns. So uh, immediately now I want to say, how long is it going to take this guy to crack the starting lineup? <laughs> because uh, that was incredible. So. Yeah. Especially a guy who hasn't really been practicing because of the COVID list. Like he just kind of, kind of just picked up right where he left off in college, you know, he's right. Uh, it was very, very impressive to uh, just see how he kind of all put it together, like almost during the game. Like it just kind of like clicked for him. Mm-hmm. And even if he's not like if he's not where he needs to be in coverage, like the play where he got beat, he got beat off the line of scrimmage on that play where he made the play for a yard gain on the sideline. Like he got beat. There's no there's no doubt in my mind he got beat off the line of scrimmage and yet he still made the play in space for a yard. That's how quickly he can close. He can close a gap, how quickly he can he can get there uh his angles are fantastic um so like that's what you need out of your linebackers you're looking to get faster you're looking to get stronger jok is the definition of that compared to the linebackers you put on the field last year uh so i'm now i'm just like giddy like i i've always been like ah, i just i don't know how jok is gonna fit in as a rookie like you have to have a plan to get him on the field like we saw isaiah simmons last year and the cardinals didn't really know how to use him and he didn't see a lot of playing time uh, I don't know if that's going to be the issue anymore with JOK though. Um, yeah. If I, if I were, were the team, I would start him at will week one. <laughs> okay. So how does that, what's the trickle down effect in that linebacker room because of that? Um, so it all comes down to where you're going to, so you have to get your roster to 53 men. What it comes down to is Tony Fields is going to make the roster the initial 53 what's going to happen is like we saw this with the dolphins and curtis weaver the dolphins opted to to wave curtis or put curtis weaver on the ir as a rookie so if you do that then they have to clear waivers before you can stash them on your ir he didn't clear waivers the browns picked him up the browns stashed him i don't think the browns are going to do that with tony fields so with tony fields they're going to put him on the initial 53 man and then week one put him on the ir so that way he doesn't have to clear waivers so you're still giving up a roster spot to do that one way or the other. And you have to figure out where that's going to be at. Is it going to be another linebacker? I don't think it's going to be on the defensive line because the defensive line is thin as it is. Uh, it, it could be as a safety, but then as a safety, you're, you're talking about compromising Richard LeCount potentially, uh, which based off of what we saw out of LeCount, I don't know if the Browns will want to do that. They're not going to do it at corner because corner is where you just stocked up all your depth and you're going to want to keep that depth. Uh, so I still think that roster spots coming from the linebacker room. It's just a question of who, you know, Mac Wilson played, I think a couple snaps and then got hurt. Max had a good camp, but again, I still, we haven't seen anything live yet. It's not going to be Jacob Phillips. Uh, it could be Malcolm Smith. It could be Tay Davis. Uh, but again, like, I still think that linebacker, it's, it's going to come from the linebacker room. And I think it's going to come down to, to Mac Wilson, Tay Davis, or Malcolm Smith still. Um, and given the inexperience in that linebacking room, I would think that Malcolm Smith is still probably going to make the roster, but I don't know that for sure. So 
it's still coming from the linebacker room. But now you gotta you gotta think they they might be doing well. Who's a guy we can cut that potentially still clears waivers and we can we can bring back once once we put Tony Fields in the IR? Might be Tay Davis. You might be able to do that with Tay Davis. I think Mac gets claimed by somebody. Um, Malcolm Elijah Smith, maybe Lee, he maybe. doesn't. Elijah Lee would be a good one, but I don't even know if Elijah Lee makes the roster as it is. So uh, I think it still comes from the linebacker room and we're just in a position where a good player is going to get cut. Like that's just where we're at and we got to live with it. Um, but I do think it comes from the linebacker room. Okay. So with that uh, more broad, maybe you get a little more in deep with it. How with these, with no starters playing, and, you know, some of the other potential starters, potential rotational guys being injured and not playing. Um, take your, I guess, take yourself into the mind of like the coaching staff and Andrew Barry. You have these vets who you've seen play before. They've been on your roster a couple of years. Um, you know, they can play. And then you have these younger players who, you know, I mean, I mean, Jacksonville was able to move the ball on the, on the line and was able to run it a little bit, but I mean, overall, Browns twos and threes like dominated even the Jaguars once and the Jags aren't yeah. a good team by any mm-hmm. means, but they're still ones. There's, they can still play. They still have talent. So you're seeing these younger players flash and show you, and you know, Andrew Barry's all about, you know, youth. How do you balance these keeping around these young? Cause you can't keep them all. There's freaking mm-hmm. 85 players on this roster right now, you know, and you know, some guys are mm-hmm. filler spots and they're going to get cut, but there are still players like Richard LeCount, uh, you know, like AJ Green, um, players like that who are showing that they can play and, you know, their potential is only going up and you may know what the vets are, but like, how do you balance who you're going to keep and who's going to, and what young players you're going to want to bring in instead? Yeah, I think it, that comes down a lot to who the starters in those rooms are. So if you're taking a look at the cornerback room, like you're not cutting Troy Hill to keep AJ Green, which I think AJ Green might might still make the roster anyway. But you're not cutting the only veteran in that room uh, to keep another young player. A linebacker wise, that's why I'm not convinced that Malcolm Smith is going to be a, a cut because, I mean, Anthony Walker's a vet who you you could swing Anthony Walker as the vet in that room. But if you're talking like offensive line, defensive line you're not, you're not keeping a vet just because he's a vet. When you think he's a leader, you have miles Garrett, you have Jadavian Clowney, you have Malik Jackson. That's plenty of veteran presence in your room to be another sounding board for young players. So that's a room where you're not going to keep a vet just because he, he's a vet and you've seen him play. That might be a room where uh, a younger player might make the roster as a potential, either practice gods, practice squad stash, or um, somebody you hope to develop um, because you have solid veterans already on the roster corner is is the example that i'll give your your starters going into the season are looking like denzel ward greedy williams and greg newsome uh with with troy hill being able to to come in so that's a room where you need a veteran guy because i mean denzel ward's entering his, his fourth season now so he's not young he's not inexperienced he's not a rookie uh but you need something other like something some more presence there um Offensive line is another position where you're probably fine cutting older players to keep younger players because you have Joel Batonio, you have JC Treader, you have Jack Conklin, you've got these guys who have been established vets in the league um, who are still playing at a high level. And so I think that's what it comes down to. Um, what position groups you can compromise veteran presence for younger talent and what positions group you can't. 
Um, yeah. So if you're, I guess reports are that, just to bring an example full circle, I guess reports are that the Browns are, you know, they like Sheldrick Redwine. Sheldrick Redwine's been hurt, hasn't been able to play. And you've got Richard LeCount out there making plays and looking good. So how do you, you he's been around, this will be his third season, I believe. Mm-hmm. So like, is it, we know what Sheldrick Redwine is. We've seen him play. We like him. We're going to keep him over Richard LeCount. Or is it more of like, hey, Richard LeCount's a rookie. We drafted him. Um, he's making flashes in the preseason. Um, are we going to go with this guy over someone like Sheldrick? That's just an example of, I guess, kind of what I meant. I'm not saying that specifically is going to happen, but mm-hmm. just kind of that. Is that kind of what you're saying? You're saying that, like, it just depends on – because in that safety room, you also have John Johnson. So – Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's going to be much of a difference via veteran slash young player between Sheldrick Redwine and Richard LeCount, because again, Redwine is only in his third season with limited playing time in his first two years. So uh, at that point, it's just going to come down to who's the better player. Um, Redwine not drafted by this front office. Redwine hasn't played um, at all this summer, um, hasn't practiced all this summer. Um, I would tend to think Redwine probably doesn't make the team. Um, but I don't know if that's exactly, maybe more of the example would be the linebacker room. Do you keep, um, Malcolm Smith because he's a veteran presence and you don't, you're lacking a little bit of veteran presence outside of Anthony Walker over a guy like Mac Wilson, um, or over a guy like Tony Fields, which I think Tony Fields is making the roster, um, and then immediately being stashed in the IR, but. Just say you want to cut Mac Wilson. You want to be vindicated. I don't, I don't, I want to see Mac Wilson prove me wrong. And I haven't seen that yet. So like he hasn't played yet. Um, I'm not, I, I don't put a lot of stock into dudes who have had good training camps that are being reported by beat reporters. Like I just, I don't, I don't trust it um, to an extent. Uh, I mean, I know Mac has had a decent camp, but like historically Mac Wilson has been a, a bottom five linebacker in the NFL, both his rookie season and last year, he got better a little bit at the end of last year. So I'm not going to change my opinion based off of some training camp reps. I want to see it live before I can, I can, I can base my opinion off something like that. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. Okay. Yeah. You know, I like, I last week I was a little more positive about Mac and I like to see that you're back, back on your bullshit this weekend, so, this week. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're back. I missed, I missed anti Mac Corey. I'm sure everybody else did too. I'm not anti-Mac. I just want the best 53 players on this roster, and I'm not convinced he's one of them. <laughs> well, That's so, where I'm at. Well, since uh, Mac might be a part of the rest of the league soon, um, what is your biggest uh, preseason one takeaway from the rest of the league? You know, non-Browns related, and why is it that you'd like to apologize to Mac Jones? I'm not apologizing to Mac Jones. <laughs> I think he... I think people overreact a little bit to Mac Jones, but I think I overreacted to Justin Fields. So it's, it's natural. Uh, his average depth of target was probably three yards. Uh, but I just think the league is in very good hands with these rookie quarterbacks. I, I still don't think Mac Jones is going to be a star in this league. Uh, I think the Patriots would be lucky if they get a top 15, top 20 starter out of him his entire career. Uh, but I think with Lawrence, with Fields, with Lance, uh with even I'll, I'll even throw wilson in there with the offensive system that he's going to be asked to run i think i think we 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 got 
a handful of, of future stars out of this 2021 NFL draft and the league is in good hands. So I'm super excited to see how those four dudes five, I'll throw Mac Jones in there too. How, how they can continue to shape. Nobody can see forward. you, but I just saw you die a little bit in your eyes. <laughs> I I mean, Mac Wilson or Mac, Mac Jones, Mac Wilson, Mac Jones operated a vanilla preseason offense that isn't showing any wrinkles in the preseason off of timing routes, which is great. Good, good timing. But again, his average depth of target was probably three to four yards. So um, we'll see. I think that if the Browns win the Super Bowl, instead of you having to name your son Riley, I think that you should have to name him Mac <laughs> since you have a vendetta against them. I think either one's going to be a pretty hard sell with my wife. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, middle name, maybe we'll, we'll talk or a nickname. Nickname, hey, here's Mac. Mac Kennan sounds actually, that sounds pretty badass. My brother's name is Matt. And so that's very, that's too close. Mac, Matt. Anyways. All right. Well, I think that that was probably, since you took that, I guess I'll come up with something else. Um, my biggest takeaway is that uh, the kicker position is back and we'll move on. That was, that's going to be a fun one to watch too. That might be your biggest position battle. Uh, no defensive line still, but I just meant in uh, the NFL in general, kickers, oh, are back. kickers are back. Yeah. Here to haunt us all. And Cody Parkey had a, Oh, we were so close to another double doink. Hey, but he made it. Well, we get one. I don't know. Oh, uh, Jacob Phillips got injured at practice today. No long-term update, by the way. Just saw that. Um, so talking about the linebackers. Okay, youngest and promising. You're young. Well, I guess JOK is the youngest, but a, a young promising linebacker cannot stay healthy. So speaking of can't stay healthy, um, Grant Delpit is with an injury. Um, he's finally coming back from that uh, Achilles injury and uh, got hurt at practice yesterday. So who knows how long he's going to be out for at least a couple weeks. Gosh, I hope it's not a couple weeks. Is that what they said? Um, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so that Jesus, they're going to. man. I, he's definitely not going to play this week. Um, I mean, he's not practicing, man. I mean. Right. Just I was hoping he like just, like, tweaked it. Dude can't stay can't seem to get on the field it sucks because he had so much promise but i just hope it's not one of those that you know what i'm talking about i'm right. not gonna talk about it about. but we're not gonna talk about it i just hope it's not he's not one of those guys and that's all we're gonna say i agree i hope his lsu teammate at corner is also the same way i hope he's not one of those guys um but yeah other than that uh some other injuries steve carlson um who i think was kind of starting to find himself a special teams role he was he's, he was playing really well before he got hurt uh on saturday he's going to be out for the season um ryan switzer's going to be out for the season they're going to put him the, those guys are both on ir they'll be able to hold on to him for another year so i guess that's something right. switzer doesn't really move the needle for me but you know carlson's a nice guy to keep around and i know that we had talked about that that could potentially be where they're are claiming someone off waivers in the tight end room to replace Carlson if they think they could upgrade or something like that. Yeah, it could be, or it could, um, or it could just be that Janovich makes the roster hundred percent now. So before that, we, we had talked a little bit about, do they roster four tight ends and use one as a flex fullback or do they roster three tight ends and a fullback? 
And now it, it kind of looks like they might just, you know, run with three back and three run with three tight ends. So um, at this maybe, point, this maybe two fullbacks. Camp, Johnny Stanton was playing pretty well. On hey, that. he looked like Peyton Hills out there. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, Jags announcers couldn't pronounce his name. He had a couple shots at it, still couldn't get it. But Johnny you know. Stanton's not even a hard name to pronounce. No, it's not. It's it's really not. It, it was Bucky Brooks though, which is hilarious. So I think Bucky Brooks is kind of it's a lot of wild. But. There's people trying to, you know, bump uglies in the Jag school. There were Jags players thrown up. There's just a lot of extracurriculars <laughs> going on on Saturday. That Welcome to freaking Jacksonville, man. <laughs> have you ever watched uh, The Good Place? I have not. Oh, dude, it's so funny. Oh, it's so funny. Um, but there's a character in that show who's from Jacksonville, and it's, it's hilarious. Uh, he's obsessed with Blake Bortles and, like, uh, understandable is, is an EDM DJ and runs a, da- a dance crew. It's like the most stereotypical Jacksonville thing ever, but it's so funny. There's this one episode where he calls a taxi in Jacksonville and a monster truck pulls up, like runs over a taxi and he throws his bags in it. And that's his taxi. Uh, it's just very funny. But anyway, <laughs> had yes, to, had very to Jacksonville. There. Had to be there guys. <laughs> yeah. I went to basic training with a guy from Jacksonville and uh, pretty much just confirms everything that you've ever thought about, anything, about Jacksonville at all. <laughs> Jackson or Trevor Lawrence is going to live in a swamp for at least five years. It's going to be great. Yeah, he's going to come out looking like that. Uh, he's going to cut his hair into a mullet. He's going to, his neck is so broad right now. He's going to look like that one skinny kid with the note, like who has a really long, skinny neck. He's in all those videos. He's like super skinny. That's <laughs> that guy, funny. if like Jacksonville was a person, that's who that guy was. I wish I could think of his name because there'll be half of people aren't even going to know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I don't, I don't have a fucking clue what you're talking about. All right. Well, you know what? <laughs> I tried. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to bring some pop culture into this uh, podcast because we're just kind of too boring. Some meme culture. I love some, I love a good meme. Oh, what's but... next, Riley? <laughs> next. Next, uh, you want to you just want to push on to the Giants preview, or do you want to talk about this uh NFL top 100 list that's coming out? Any uh, let's just uh, push on to the uh to the preview. Here's the thing about the NFL top 100 it's a reason you know not to trust like former players just because they played football, like right? People always talk about that, like, well, he played, so he knows that's not true. I'm not gonna go into details, but when Jesse Bates is ranked as as up there and not like the nineties or the eighties as he is. And Trey white is all the way up there. And there are some players in the seventies who shouldn't be there and even higher. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a clusterfuck. Uh, so no, I don't know if we need to talk about too much of, of the NFL top 100 list because it becomes laughable, more laughable every year. So let's talk about the giants. Okay. Well, first I want to just want to ask is, are, is our is anyone from our offensive line going to make the top forty? Top forty? That's all we have left. They only have the forty spots to reveal, and yes. we have not had a single offensive lineman taken. I'd assume what? Miles Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb will both be in the top forty. But I mean, how high are you? I mean, Zach Martin is probably a better guard than right. And Zach Martin won the like what the seventies or eighties? Yeah, so it'd be hard for Betonio or Trevor. I don't to think get there's there. a damn way any of the Browns offensive line and like Teron Armstead was like in the 70s. Like there's no way. Yeah, which is kind of I mean which just validates how dumb it is. <laughs> I think Joel Betonio is good, but he's not better than Zach Martin if we're being realistic. Like Zach Martin might be the best offensive lineman and in, like interior offensive lineman in the league. Right. And you're not saying that. Like, Joe Petonio doesn't belong in the hundred. You're just saying that if Zach Martin is that low, right, then there's it's no impossible yeah. for. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's not great it's really not and the other thing is it's like you're telling me that kareem hunt's not one of the top 100 nfl players like we forget that like it's it doesn't make any sense but you know people like denzel ward are going to get left off this list like i don't know man it's annoying and you know we're not going to even touch on like other things that some people are gonna know we're talking about some people yeah won't. i'm not doing it i'm not going there <laughs> i'm not going there oh yeah nfl top 100 is a joke um can't wait to review the top 40 next week though well i'm sure we'll be bitching about it or something like that so yeah all right well let's get into the giants preview um they're doing joint practices uh starting today um with the giants um the return of Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens' revenge game. He <laughs> um, oh, gets his first time back in Cleveland since he moved all his stuff out. Probably. I don't know why he would come back to Cleveland. It's not like a place like, oh man, I'd love to go back there sometime if I have a chance. I love Cleveland, but I'm not, I'm like the outside perspective. perspective I'm like, I, I don't uh, think anybody, uh, I was going to say, I love, I love Cleveland. I love Cleveland too, <laughs> but nobody who's living in New York right now is probably like, oh, I'm dying to get back to Cleveland. Yeah, it was the freaking uh, Mets announcers talking shit about Skyline Chili, dude. We, New York has no love for Ohio. And guess what? We have no love for New York. New York can kick rocks. That's fair. Yeah, F New York. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think I would ever want to go to New York. It doesn't sound fun. Uh, I think I would want to go just because, just to see it, to say I saw it. But I feel like once I get there, I'd be like, I didn't need to see this. <laughs> right. I didn't need to smell this either. <laughs> definitely not going during like while COVID shit's still happening. It's like a cesspool of. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to go to Buffalo, I think to a Bills (laughs) game. (laughs) Like jump through a table, you know? Yeah. Bang change with Josh Allen. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not, maybe not that, but you know, hang out with uh, Josh Allen or somebody, you know, he seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love chicken wings. Uh, we can get you some vegan wings. Um, I'd be down for that. That sounds dope. Is it true that uh, fake meat um, and like soy and shit will like uh, destroy your testosterone? I'm asking an expert right now. I don't think so. Yeah, some people. I know, work, I know soy. Making... I know soy has like estrogen in it, but like I don't eat that much soy. I think soy is kind of gross. But like, I had a friend in high school who used to eat soy granola bars as a kid, and he had man boobs as a result but dude maybe that's why my boobs have been getting a little bigger <laughs> need too much soy i'm a soy boy but yeah um, some oh god dude now i'm scared that might to cut back on the soy i feel like i eat a lot of soy do you but yeah oh uh, well my wife's a vegetarian so oh. we we get a lot of that like fake meat stuff from trader joe's some of that stuff is good though oh it's all fucking good but yeah. i mean you know, I guess a lot of it's soy. So Trader Joe's has this microwaved uh, vegan tikka masala that is delicious. I don't know what you just said, but um, it's Indian food. It's like, they have like the microwaved Indian food, and it's delicious. It's not as good as real Indian food, but Guardian it does the trick for Guardian food. Don't worry. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> you're funny. Oh man! All right, yeah, so the Giants. Here's what we're really we're really not talking about is the Kyle Loletta revenge game yeah we totally just former team oh yeah we didn't even touch on that you want to talk about that for a little bit yeah Maybe. i'm looking forward to watching some kyle Oletta. what do you think about all the the hub- hullabaloo about uh 
cutting Case Keenum or trading Case Keenum and keeping Kyle Aletta? So I think there's some merit to it. Maybe not cutting, because if you cut Case Keenum, you still eat $5.2 million in dead cap um, next year uh, to carry over an additional 1.3 this year. So that doesn't really compute. Um, but potentially trading Case Keenum, you only have to eat $1.3 million in dead cap to carry over um, 6.5. So that'll net you out at 5.2 to carry over. Um, so yeah, I wrote on this a little bit today for, for Sports Illustrated Browns Digest. Um, Go ahead, plug it, dude. Plug, plug it. Um, but yeah, I think Kyle Oletta played pretty well. I thought uh, uh, on that first drive he came in, he was late to Felton on a couple throws. So there was that, that third down throw where Felton had to make a contested catch in traffic uh, where he was open right off the break of his post. Uh, and then the one in the end zone where Felton was open off the break uh, and Loletta was late and couldn't get him the ball um, in time. Um, but I, I mean, I charted Loletta. Uh, he was three for four on passes over 20 yards. Uh, he operated the, the short game pretty well, I thought. Um, so I thought overall he played well. Again, he's playing against third teamers. Um, but what it might come down to for me, um, again, is the cap hit of, of Case Keenum. If you can trade him, and eat or and, and then gain an additional $5.2 million to carry over next year when you have potentially four mouths to still feed and Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield, Wyatt Teller, Ronnie Harrison, you're going to need all that rollover cap that you can get. And what it also comes down to for me is, is if Baker gets hurt, we're fucked anyway. Like if Baker gets hurt, Case Keenum's not going to come in and win you a division. It's just not going to happen. So, like, what's the difference? Is the difference in their play if, if Baker were to get hurt worth? an additional $5.2 million is what you got to ask yourself. And I don't think it is. The other thing you have to think about is that the case Keenum deal made sense a year ago. So Baker Mayfield is learning a new offense. Kevin Stefanski's hired Baker Mayfield's learning a new offense in a shortened off season. It makes sense to, to bring in a, a veteran quarterback who has mastered that offense when they were together in Minnesota. It makes sense to bring him in. Uh, to kind of mentor Baker, to be a sounding board for Baker. Uh, Kyle Ouellette is not going to be that for Baker, but the hope would be maybe in the second year when you have a full off season, uh, you retain all of your coaching staff, and now you're in your second year in this offense is you don't, you don't need that, that, that mentor, that sounding board the same way. Um, so I think that's what it comes down to for me. It's still a little premature. We've only seen one game of Kyle Ouellette, um in the preseason. But I think at least a conversation has started um, or, or, or potentially has started that Laletta could become the backup quarterback and the Browns could potentially pocket $5.2 million to help to roll over and help towards those four contracts they have to pay. Uh, and I think there's a couple teams who could potentially need a veteran quarterback. Um, you know, the Colts have to deal with, with uh, Carson Wentz's injury right now. They don't know if he's going to be back week one. Even if Jacob Eason starts, backing him up would be a, a day three rookie. That's not going to be a sounding board for him. So I think Case Keenum would be a better, a better backup for Jacob Eason if he starts or even to start for the Colts um, if Eason's not ready. Uh, and then you, you take a look at New York. New York's quarterbacks are uh, behind Zach Wilson are James Morgan, Mike White, and Josh Johnson. Um, New York is also running an outside zone system. Now that, that San Francisco's... Um, kind of coaching staff, faux coaching staff made the switch to, to New York after Salah got the job and brought over Mike LaFleur. 
So if, if you're bringing in Zach Wilson, who didn't run outside zone in college, wouldn't you want that veteran sounding board for him? That's not Mike White or James Morgan. I don't think Josh Johnson's going to make the team. I think he's a camp body. Uh, so those two teams kind of make sense for me as well as, as teams that might be interested in Case Keenum on the trade market. So um, that's kind of what I look at. So I'm excited to see Loletta. Can he play as well as he did this week? Can he capitalize and can he improve? Uh, if so, I think he has a real, like uh, there, there could be a real conversation that, that maybe the backup quarterback job can be his. So I don't think anything you said is necessarily wrong, but I disagree with everything you just said. Why? <laughs> uh, because it's good for the podcast. No, because I actually do believe. Uh, so I disagree. I do disagree that we can't or we can't. How do I say this? We can't not win a division with Case Keenum. I mean, the dude did go to the NFC Championship game in Kevin Stefanski's Gary Kubiak's offense. So he's done it before. Uh, I think we have enough talent on the roster that is Case Keenum, Baker Mayfield. No, obviously not. But, you know, you got two stud running backs. I don't think the season's over if Baker Mayfield gets hurt. Um, and with all this talent on our roster, I don't think that they should think that way anyways, because you're only going to have so much of this talent on your roster for so many years. Like you can't just like cash it in, or even if Baker gets hurt for a couple games, like, do you want Kyle Aletta, you know, playing, trying to win those vital three games in the middle of the season over Case Keenum? Like, and I mean, yeah, could you sit and, and you could cut, you could cut Case Keenum next year and it would only be a 1.3 million dead cap hit. So, I mean, and you're not, I mean, who else are you realistically, you know, going to pay this year that you would need that money for? You could get it next year. So I don't think that $5 million, you know, is worth the potential catastrophe that could be Kyle Oletta. And then even if I hadn't said any of that and I just started this this argument right this second, um, here's what I would say. Um, lists of Browns quarterbacks who played well in the preseason. Brandon Whedon, Sean Kaiser, Johnny Manziel, Robert Griffin III. I'm pretty sure I could keep going, but, you know. <laughs> Do I have I to? get it. I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to hurt anyone more than I've hurt myself already. But, yeah, I mean, listen, like I, like I said, it was one game. Let's see a little more. He's still a second-year quarterback. Like, come on. I want I want Case Keem on this roster. Okay, that's fair. I, I mean, I, I get I, the, the value of Case Keenum is not lost on me. I just think in an outside zone system where quarterback can play can be a little masked, which is how Case Keenum got to the playoffs. I think you can mask Loletta. And I think Loletta definitely has a, a stronger arm, a bigger arm. Loletta's not a world beater. Like neither of them have Baker's arm, that's for sure. But like he's got a better arm. I think he's got a, maybe a little more. Uh, no, I think Keenum has probably a little more wiggle outside the pocket, but um, that $5.2 million, I mean, that could be, if you sign, if you happen to sign Teller to $10 million a year, that's half of his salary right there for the year. So like that stuff matters. It doesn't matter this year though. You can, you'll have, you can still have his five point, whatever million dollars. Yeah, but you wouldn't year, roll over maybe. that additional five point some million dollars. If they cut him next year, it's only a 1.3 cap hit. I mean, that's fair. It's fair. I mean, I get it. Which it would be the same this year if you traded him, correct? Well, yeah. 
So the money, it. the money shouldn't really matter if you're not planning on paying any of those guys this offseason. And it's not even the offseason anymore, this season. I mean, I get it. I don't 100% agree with it, but I get it. And I get you. And that's yeah. why this is nothing rhymes with orange. Nothing rhymes with orange, baby. But yeah, I'm excited to see Lola. Who are you excited about? Me too. Um, I <laughs> I don't know if I'm excited, more excited than I am. Like I need to, I feel like you uh you were right. I'm sure you're happy to hear this. You were right about the defensive tackle room. Um, I was pretty hyped oh, up because I thought we had a lot of talent and I thought, you know, we couldn't, I thought we were going to have to cut some good players. Now I'm just like, please God, someone show me something mm-hmm. other than fucking Sheldon day. Like I thought yep. Sheldon day wasn't going to make this roster. Now I'm starting. Now to he's a lock. Yeah. He's, gonna, he's the only one who's playing. That's going to make the roster. <laughs> like Man. it is like, somebody has got to do something because that was not, that was the one part of the Browns. Like that was the one Browns unit other than maybe the defensive ends who did not dominate the Jaguars on set on uh, Saturday night, man. I, I agree. Oh man. And I hope it's rust with Andrew Billings, but like there were two plays. There was one play. I saw him get knocked off two yards off the ball. There was one play where he got single teamed and driven eight yards off the ball. Andrew Billings is supposed to be the guy who you compromise not a great. little bit of that pass rush for so that you can improve your run game so he can take on double teams so he can free up linebackers if he's getting if he's getting single-handedly manhandled on the line of scrimmage against the run like where, where what's the value in andrew billings if he's not doing what you thought you brought him here to do right so right. i mean I, I hope it's rust and i hope he plays better this week but what i saw was like <sighs> But the thing is, that guy is not on your roster either. I thought Toki, I could potentially be the guy who, who might go to plug gaps, and I still think he can be. I mean, he's a rookie; that was his first live action, but his pad level was horrendous. His leverage is horrible. So, you got Sheldon Day, you got Malik Jackson, and we don't really know after that. <laughs> no, and we then the someone. edge group, edge group's not much better. Like, no, no, it was not. I had somebody in my mention saying, "What do you, what do you mean they had three sacks in the first half?" It's like, well, sacks one are a very shitty metric for judging defensive, like pass rush success. Like your secondary is getting coverage sacks. That doesn't mean your pass rush is good. And one was a JOK blitz. So like, okay. Outside of Miles and Clowney, I like Gustin. I like Porter Gustin. I don't think he should be the first guy off the bench in a rotation. I don't think that's who he's meant to be. Porter Gustin's a guy who's going to give his energy, his effort, 100%, go balls to the wall when he's on there. But Porter Gustin doesn't have the refinement, the the repertoire to to successfully beat offensive tackles on a play to play basis. And then outside of Porter Gustin, I, I, I guess Tack McKinley's back, which is good news. But Curtis Weaver's not making this team. People put a lot of hope into Curtis Weaver, and he's not going to make this team based off of what we saw on Saturday. There's just no way. I didn't like his Boise State tape to begin with, but what I saw on Saturday was a dude who's like, oh yeah, that's a cut. It looked like a dude that the Dolphins probably said, oh, fuck, we messed up on this pick and, and then waved him without any care if they got him back on the IR or not. Like, that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. So you needed probably an, at, at minimum another edge on that roster. And I'm not sold that that defensive tackle room is set either. Like that all of your people who are making the final 53-man roster are on the team right now. 
Yeah, I'm at the point where I am so like defeated with the defensive tackle room that I want just because we haven't seen him play yet. I want them to keep Malik McDowell and just have him play edge. <laughs> he could probably play big end, like in, in because, running downs. Um, but like the hope is like I guess if Tack is there, but like in Tack can live up to being a former first rounder, you could have the potential to slide Clowney inside. But I mean. We can't bank on tack right now either. Like right. that's that's always been like a wild card. Like, oh, maybe they can get it out of him. But then he missed a week of camp. And I and like best of luck to tack. I'm not like do what you gotta do. Like, but that's for the team wide, like for looking at the 53 man roster, like best of luck to tack, but that doesn't solve any edge rush issues for us, uh for the Browns. So I don't know, man. The good news is you're going to get coverage this year. Last year, it was that pressure couldn't get home because nobody could cover worth a damn outside of Denzel Ward. This year, you just got to hope that Miles and Clowney can stay healthy. But even at that, you only hope they have to play 60% of the snaps per game. So, like, yeah, you need somebody who can play 40% of the snaps. Yep. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you want to rely on Joe Jackson to do that. I thought Joe looked pretty good. I will say, I think I thought Joe looked decent, and I thought Marvin Wilson had some some pretty good reps too. Yeah, he did. He was causing a lot of a lot of pressure. But but I'm 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 worried about the front four like that, especially when your linebacker core you add JOK, that's great. But for the most part, your linebacking cores is kind of the same. You hope that like the defensive line would be able to keep them clean so they could at least move and have gaps to shoot. But now it's like, I don't have faith that the linebacker is going to be kept clean anymore. Like, it's just so a recipe I to guess continue I to be gashed against the run. Yeah, what uh, what position group needs to have the best performance? I guess the defensive it's pretty line. clear that just the entire <laughs> defensive line needs to have the yes, best Yes, absolutely. Sunday. Somebody, a, a defensive tackle needs to step up. Like, I, I don't have any faith that, that Cameron Malvo or – which Cameron Malvo looks like the fourth edge at this point. I don't have any faith that Cameron Malvo or Curtis Weaver are going to do anything. Like I, I, that's where I'm at. Like you better hope tack McKinley's there for week one at this point with the edge group, but a, a defensive tackle needs to do something. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the giant Saquon's not going to be playing. Um, the giants offensive line is Starters aren't, aren't any good. So Their starters are garbage. Yeah. You can't dominate the Giants on Sunday. We're, we're in trouble. <laughs> right. That's when I think Browns fans can start to panic a little bit about the, uh, about the, but you know what? We're only complaining about one, really complaining about one of our units. You know, a lot of other teams are worried about everything. Like Jacksonville should be worried about everything. Agreed. I mean, so, I think quarterback, they're probably pretty sad at quarterback, but. I, I agree. Okay, so what singular player? Let's uh, – yeah, we can include the defense line, even though we just talked about them. Who, what player needs to have the biggest game on uh, on Sunday, not just for, mm-hmm. you know, our own mental health, but for his ability to make this team potentially start, potentially be a rotational per- player? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, given the depth, I think Porter Gustin's probably fine. I would say maybe Mac Wilson, if Mac Wilson's, but I don't, I don't know if Mac Wilson's even practicing yet. I don't think he is. Um, so I don't even know if he's going to play. Uh, let's go Jordan Elliott. 
I think Jordan Elliott that we, we should mention Jordan Elliott. I thought Jordan Elliott played pretty well too. So like, I think Elliott is probably a safe bet to make the roster, but I would like Elliott in his second year as a third round pick a year ago to be able to step up and say, Hey, you can count on me to play valuable in a lot of snaps, a high percentage of valuable snaps. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the Jordan, Jordan Elliott answer there. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, uh, I would have taken anyone on the defensive line for that answer. So fair enough. Offensive line looks really good and deep, deep as fuck. Yeah. Like, we haven't even talked. We didn't really even touch on that, but yeah, no, right. we can touch on it a little bit. Like I thought drew Forbes playing against third teamers looked great. Michael Dunn looked like a starter. Uh, Alex Taylor. He might come along. I thought, I thought James Hudson struggled a little bit. Okay. He struggled a lot. I would say. Uh, but again, he's played offensive tackle for less than two years. So, um, he was always kind of a project going to come along. Um, but maybe you could flip some offensive line depth for some defensive line depth. We'll see. Yeah, it's, uh, definitely, uh, I would say that's one of the bigger, weaker spots all around the league is offensive line. So yeah, when you got eight guards that, you know, could probably play somewhere, that's definitely a good thing. And it's also a good thing, uh, when we're talking about spending, potentially spending $18 million on one of our own guards. So yeah, there we go. Just, uh, and we'll get into that a little, maybe another time, but you know, it's, it was definitely encouraging to see them play very pretty well. Absolutely. Um, okay. So to kind of wrap up the giants thing, uh, obviously I don't know. I'm maybe Daniel Jones is going to play. I have no idea. Um, but uh, another giant of note is uh, our boy, Freddie Kitchens. What's your favorite Freddie Kitchens memory, Corey? Oh, man, my favorite Freddie Kitchens moment. There's just too many to choose from. I would have to say that fourth and nine draw play against the Rams. Crunch time, yeah, the, fourth and nine draw play. Can't beat yeah, it. Yeah, that wasn't great. <laughs> I was at that game very sad. Very, very sad. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's not, there is a pretty big list that you could choose from. But, you know, you dug deep for that one. I, went, I might have picked something maybe like uh, uh, what what's the what's the thing you said? Uh, Whoopty hell. hell! Yes, Whoopty hell. hell! That was a good one. Um, the Pittsburgh started it shirt was a good one, which I loved at the time. But then I was like, wait, this is the head coach. Yeah. Probably shouldn't be doing that. There was just a uh, lot of like, oh shit, this guy should not have been a head coach in the NFL. And this probably guy should never be, be bailing hay in the middle of Ohio somewhere, not <laughs> coach of the Cleveland Browns. Back to Alabama, baby. Oh, geez, man. Yeah. In hindsight, everybody, it was like the next Sean McVay fad was like in full effect. So it's like, oh, Baker worked really well with his quarterback and or with this with this coach, and they could build a really strong relationship for the future. And he called plays and did really well. It turns out he didn't call plays and they built a game plan for him and he just kind of followed it. Uh, and then it turned into a nightmare. So along with that fat is like hiring the young, hot offensive coordinator. And we just, we should have just known it was a failure when we went the complete opposite direction. <laughs> right. We went for the uh, balding, ugly running backs coach. <laughs> You think people forget that during hard knocks, he was the guy who was like, we need to, they need to actually like practice. We need to put on some pads. We need to see these guys play. I drive the bus scene from Hugh Jackson. Yes. Oh yes. man. That was amazing. I'm yeah, actually pulling up pictures of Freddie Alabama right now. And it doesn't even look like the same human. <laughs> nope. Started for the good old Crimson Tide. 
Uh, if you're listening to this on a computer, go ahead and pull it up because it is visually uh, comical. Oh, man. But okay. Um, so, sad news. What's your surprise cut next week? Because they're going down to... Surprise cut. Are they going down to 53 tomorrow or next week or is it 70 no, something? after the third week of the preseason. Um, there, are only, there are only three weeks of the preseason this year. Um, but it's after the third game. Uh, surprise cut, man. Um, I don't know if Mac Jones, Mac Jones wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, one player I'll say, or Mac Wilson, not sorry. Mac, we talked about Mac Jones earlier. Uh, I'll say this player, but I don't think he will just because we've talked about how shitty the depth is. But Andrew Billings, if he does not show that he can do what he was brought here to do, then like, what's his, what's his, what's his value? Um, so I'll say Andrew Billings. Okay. Um, I think that I don't, I guess it depends on how many they cut, but um, I think maybe, maybe someone in that safety room could be gone. Someone in that corner room, mm-hmm. maybe someone like uh, a, uh, a Javante Moffitt, maybe, or a, a Sheldrick Redwine, someone like that. I would say those would be surprise cuts though. Like I'm kind of anticipating what those guys getting cut. Yeah. But those guys have played, those guys have played significant reps for the Browns. That's fair. So. That's fair. And we got to worry about freaking Greg or Grant Delpit now. So Jesus, that's true. Who the hell knows what they're going to do with that? But yeah, that, that would probably be mine. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh that's well, on a Sunday this week. I, you know, on a Saturday night. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't love that very much. What the Sunday game or the Saturday? Yeah, the Sunday, the Sunday game. Oh, it feels like football. It's trying true. to ease back in. I got things to do on Saturday. I'm trying to get wet and nasty. <laughs> you both at the same time. I can't be watching Kyle all that I go up and down on the Jags. <laughs> but all right, you got anything else for uh, for the people, for me? Man, I do not. For the cuties? No. I feel like I need to re-explain. In. in case we have new uh, listeners, I need to explain. I'm, I'm not just some, you know, I mean, I am your pod pod dad but i'm not just calling you guys cuties because i'm weird i'm calling them calling you because what's a mini orange it's a cutie it's a cutie it's a cutie yeah and that's what you guys are and yeah. i love you i love we you appreciate you leave us some reviews we still only have seven reviews on itunes yeah we don't have a lot of Stuck reviews for a while we don't have a lot of uh don't have a lot of twitter interaction sadly no, we don't. We need to get some. Uh, I need to start like begging people to come on the show and their like Twitter and Instagram DMs. Um, Hell yeah! So maybe I'll get on that. I'll start getting. I'll start posting some thirst traps, sending them in their DMs, <laughs> something like that. We'll see. Trying to get some people on here, but um, but it, those of you who have stuck with us, uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we're gonna talk to you after the Browns game. I know our pod's a little late in the week, but you know, it gives us a chance to review what happened last week and really look forward more of what's coming up. I think during the season, we talked about maybe doing two pods, uh, one at the beginning, one at the end, or one right before the, the next weekend. So we get into that soon. Yeah. Yep. It's going to happen before you know it. So, all right, guys, we will talk to you next week. This is nothing rhymes with orange. I am Riley. That is Corey. And we will see you next week.